And this is on our overall pathway to Mars uh, in the 2030. Finally, uh, a new feature of our budget is the administration's reorganization of STEM, of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics education activities. This is across the 13 agencies that already participate in those programs. Uh, there is a consolidation into the Department of Education, National Science Foundation, and the Smithsonian. Uh, the Education Department will be focusing primarily on K-12 activities, and that will be undergraduate and graduate activities, and then the Smithsonian focusing on hands-on experiential type learning. And NASA is going to play a very important role in this, and this uh, initiative provides the ability for NASA to reach out to even broader education audiences that we have Okay, before we get to the numbers, there are a few things that I have to say to make sure that we're all sort of on the same page with the understanding behind the numbers. The first has to do with sequestration. Uh, if you follow the events today and over the weekend, you know the President believes we should replace sequestration with balanced deficit reduction, and the proposal does that. So the overall discretionary formulation of the budget is to the original Budget Enforcement Act cap, not the sequestered cap. And so our, our budget, as part of that, is $17.7 billion. Our out-year funding assumptions are that we'll remain at that nominal level, the $17.7 billion, through the budget window, uh, and we've accepted that challenge to formulate our program within that tight funding constraint. But also, we know that the out-years should be considered notional, and that we'll be adjusting those levels um, as we get to those years. Underneath the top line, there is a um, government-wide activity to promote efficient and effective spending. We've been doing this on on this campaign now for a couple of years. Uh, in the first year, we reduced spending on travel, on non-mission-related travel supplies, materials, printing, IT, by about $100 million. But this year that we're in now, we're on track to reduce it by $200 million and, uh, and to make those funds available for direct mission activities. And then this year, uh, we're, uh, we're the budget year in 14, we're going to be continuing those initiatives that we've started already and ensuring that we, that we um, have $200 million left in that type of spending in the previous years that we can then make available for mission-oriented activities. Also, underneath the top line, we are aligning our NASA workforce. In the post-shuttle era, our workforce is now reallocated and retrained to work on the new suite of programs and consistent with our budget limitations, we've been reducing the rate of requiring and we'll continue to do that in 2014. All of the numbers that I'm going to talk about are in all costs. That means that the civil servant um, amounts, the utility amounts, other things like that that are directly associated with the project are charged to the project. So there are uh, broader court-type um, uh, functions that are funded in the last account that I'll be talking about in the causation portion. And uh, given the times that we live in, um, uh, most of the comparisons on funding that I'll be talking about are in 2012. The 2013 number is still a little bit unsettled. Uh, what was reflected in the budget itself is uh, what was in current law at the time, which was the CR plus the 0.612% amount. We've since moved on since the database for law and 
on, and we're formulating our 2013 operating plan as a Congress and a All right, now we're finally to numbers. Uh, so we're on slide 11, and this, uh, I'm not going to dwell too much on this chart, uh, this table, except to say a few things. One, we do actually add up to $17.715 billion. The, out here, you will see your plot at the account level, themes and projects underneath that. Those can vary. There are two exceptions to that. One is that we help exploration and space up together. If you add them together, we help them plot to allow trades between those accounts. The second thing is, is that for the last couple of years, we've had a, a, a construction account where we can only fund our major construction in that account. So programs like our exploration programs and space operations programs that have construction pieces in them in the budget year in 14, we take out that money and put it into the construction account so that we can execute the construction project. All right, on to 12. Uh, we have a very vigorous um, plan for NASA mission launches uh, through 2020. FY13 is actually that we're in right now. It's actually a uh, smaller number of launches than normal, but we are going to make up for that in 14 and 15. Let me talk about a number of launches uh, as we go through the specifics. So now I'm going to go line by line to the budget, theme by theme. So we start first with Earth Science in the science account. Uh, in this account, we uh, have two launches in 2014, uh, OCO2 and the Global Precipitation Measurement Mission. We're also formulating and developing many others, two of which are going to actually fly in calendar year of 2014, although fiscal year of 2015, and that's SMAP and Stage 3. We're maintaining our weather and climate change modeling capabilities and are continuing to work with all of our partners to address uh, the needs for the various data sets of our community. And there are three changes in that regard in the Earth Science Portfolio. The first is that we are partnering with NOAA to refurbish the Discover satellite, and in particular there are two instruments which we, which are already on the spacecraft but need to be um, uh, provided energy and a couple of other connections. And so we are funding that actually here in 14, and there is some money in 15. Sorry, we're funding it right now in 13, and, there, and we're hoping to finish it up in 14. That's number one. Number two is that the program administered by NOAA for the Joint Polar Satellite System uh, has uh, a plan for a number of launches. And included in the, that plan are a suite of climate sensors. And there have been several independent studies of the JPSS program, and some of them have said that it would be a good idea for NASA to take over the funding for those and so this budget is on that, and we begin uh, the formulation and construction of those instruments in 2014, so it's about $40 million allotted for that. And the third major change is that has to do with the Landsat Data Continuity uh, mission and its follow-on. We did launch LDCM earlier this year and are in the process of turning it over to the Department of Interior. The idea had then been that the Department of Interior would fund the follow-on the next Landsat, I think it would be Landsat 9. And this has been the proposal by the administration for the last couple of years, but it has yet to be enacted. And so the decision was made this year was that NASA would once again build the follow-on for the Landsat uh, to maintain the continuity of the Landsat data set. And 
So we'll be working with the um, Department of Interior, we still work through requirements, and OSCP um, to formulate how we're going to do that. Obviously, one option is still the action that copy in the next generation Landsat 9 satellite. There are also other opportunities with commercial data sets, with suites of instruments that could uh, be brought on earlier and
necessity of this type of funding level to ensure that we have this capability and that we have a robust and safe uh, option uh, to send U.S. astronauts to the space station. Moving to uh, the next part of the EO budget uh, is the Exploration Research and Development Program. These are dedicated to exploration issues. The first is the Human Research Program, which is looking at all the research uh, needs to ensure that humans can stay in space for a long time and travel great distances. One of the near-term milestones on their roadmap is to have astronauts stay for a year or more on the International Space Station. We just announced we're going to do that, so we're marching along that roadmap. The second part of this program is the Advanced Exploration Systems Program, which rapidly develops prototype systems and demonstrates key capabilities for our ongoing missions. And this is the place where there's about $40 million of the asteroid initiative to develop the kinds of technologies that one needs to interact with what we call here an uncooperative target. The target is that asteroids are uncooperative because they tend to spin, they have uh, surfaces which are difficult to grab hold of, there are all sorts of intricacies. So the AES program is going to be developing the technologies that we need to operate in and around an asteroid. Um, next comes the International Space Station. I joke that this is almost our 11th center uh, to public space. And uh, we do operational activities here to maintain the continuous crew of six. And also there's, like I said before, a very um, large swath of research that is going on and overlaunched in FY14 on the International Space Station. From physiology and biology to earth science to um, technology demonstrations from our space technology program. And one of the most interesting is that we're reusing the hardware of the station to launch the ISS rapid path capability that will measure wind speed and direction. And that's literally only one of the many exciting things that's doing. And I encourage you to, to look at all those hundreds of experiments. We couldn't do any of that stuff in the sky if we didn't have our efforts on the ground, uh, both human and facilities. And they're supported in our space and flight support account. This provides our space communications, both near, both near Earth and deep Earth. This is where we fund our crew and their training. Uh, this is where the launch services program resides. They'll manage three launches in 14, Maven, Team, and Bell on OCO 2. And of course, we'll provide analysis and resources for all the NASA's other missions. The, um, this is also where we fund our rocket test. Facilities. We uh, test the rockets uh, before we send them up, and so we have to maintain that capability. And then also, this is where we are preparing uh, to more vigorously and on a more sustainable fashion interact with our commercial crew partners. We have the 21st Century Space Launch Complex funded here, where we're working at KSC on a number of the facilities to make them more uh, useful to commercial partners. And again, this is one of the places where the funding isn't comparable. There's 26 million of this construction initiative is in over in the construction account. Okay, next is education. Uh, so we have $94 million here. First and foremost, I want to point out that there's four NASA activities which are explicitly funded here. Space Grant, F4, NRF, and GLOBE programs. In addition, there's about $27 million where uh, as, as I said before, there's a consolidation now to create some broad, far-reaching programs in the Department of Education, NSF, and um, Smithsonian. 
they know right off the bat that there's an asset here that they want to use. And so we have about $6.8 million to make those kinds of assets available to them, like our intern database and other things. We also have about $20 million that will fund NASA-specific activities, um, activities that are put on NASA centers using uh, NASA FTEs uh, and civil service workers um, to, to carry them out. Uh, one example, which is actually the only example that is now outside of the education um, uh, program itself, is the what we call our Space Technology Fellows Program. That program is to bring fellows to NASA centers to work on space technology uh, activities, and so that's considered to be mission-related. Uh, but the more broad-reaching out into the education community, the now through this uh, reorganization initiative, have a great opportunity to bring NASA assets to bear for a broad array of programs. And as you can imagine, we, um, we still have the ISS downlinks and the schools, and uh, now this can be incorporated into many different types of STEM programs, and so we can make uh, that downlink available to schools um, across the nation in a more um, integrated and far-reaching manner than we have today. So it's very exciting. Finally, we uh, couldn't do any of this without our centers. Uh, we do have 10 centers here on the ground, uh, headquarters and our nine field centers. Uh, in the CAST account, we um, have uh, funds for our management and operations, and we also have a small initiative here on cybersecurity, uh, which is part of an agency, sorry, government-wide initiative to ensure that we have uh, robust connections to the Internet and, and monitoring of our networks and equipment. And then we have our construction and environmental compliance account. And again, up to $69 million, we've already talked about how $166 million of this is associated with the program. But there's a base institutional amount which we are going to we um, are using to fund a long-term plan to consolidate and, um, and refresh our facilities and our centers. And the environmental compliance account is continuing our environmental our final cleanup and our responsibilities to all of those areas, and we're making progress on all of them. So um, this is all good news in our construction and environmental compliance field. So that is our tour through the intricacies of the house budget, all of it. And so now I believe we're going to open it for questions.
looking at, at this mission and the fact that NASA appears to really be doing what the President asked us to do back in, in, uh, in April 15th of 2010, uh, it gives them a reason to go to the college, go and get with some professor who's doing research that's going to enable solar electric propulsion to come on board quicker. Uh, it's gonna, they're going to be doing research with professors who are, who are doing the kinds of things that people think about all the time. So I, I think we're doing our duty to inspire uh, young people. It, it, it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, this is Alan. I just want to give a, a, a heads up to the of a prior commitment. We have the administration for 10 minutes or so. Uh, but uh, Ms. Robinson can stay on the 15 minutes past that. So if you have any specific questions,
program would be longer. And so for those two reasons, we think that the price is likely to come in of a new money, new investment, and below that. So that's sort of roughly for us a small um, flagship type mission, and uh, the client that we work into our budget on a routine basis. Okay, so obviously not including SLS or IM. Yes, not including those. That's one example of something that the that they did not take into account that we would have those already flying Orion into transporter space. So we wouldn't need to purchase a capability for example. Thank you. 
I'm trying to understand the asteroid mission and really what its focus is. And Charlie talked about it as well as part of the acceptance towards Mars. But it actually should have several communities behind it. There's the planetary defense community, there's the scientific community, and there's the human exploration community. So is NASA working with all three of those communities that have the united front to try and get this proposal approved? Or is each set of people working on their own goals? How is that all being coordinated? Uh, well, now that we uh, can talk officially about the, the mission, it will go forward in a much more concerted way. But that is certainly our plan. This plan, uh, you know, it's one mission, but it does uh, meet a number of goals that we have, and you can lay them out. Planetary defense is an important part. It's an important part of the overall asteroid initiative, and the mission itself is helping us to, to learn how to um, operate in close proximity and interact with an asteroid. Um, then um, it also has scientific benefits because uh, we'll learn, um, obviously we're going to be, part of the overall initiative, we're going to be tracking and cataloging more. Then when we go, when the mission itself goes, uh, we'll learn more about that specific type of asteroid. Again, asteroids are very heterogeneous, and so even though we've had a couple of robotic missions to them, that certainly doesn't get at the, the wealth of information from asteroids. And one of the exciting things about this one is that when the astronauts go there, they're going to be able to bring back a big sample. Um, the Osiris Rex sample is not all that big. Uh, I think you know the Japanese one um, uh, came back and was actually quite, quite small. Um, and so this is, this is a whole new level of uh, sample uh, size and characteristics that we can look at. Because it's always, you know, you're never sure if you're getting something that, that um, uh you know, a large part of the asteroid, and there's just a, an anomaly on, on the asteroid itself, because uh, it can be conglomerates, as you know. So, anyway, that's, uh, I think it's very exciting scientific-wise, and it's uh, exciting for the human exploration community, because we are being very deliberate in, this, uh, in the formulation of this mission to ensure that the technologies that we're investing in are also on our pathway to Mars. They are the ones we need advanced in space propulsion, um, we need the ability to, uh, for astronauts to handle and, and move things in space. And so we need all the elements of this, uh, of this mission as well to perfect and uh, advance our capabilities in space on our way to, um, to Mars. So you're right. Um, we think all three of those communities, and in fact the broader public, uh, should be really excited about this. Um, I don't know about your kids, but my kids are excited about it. Um, and so the um, uh, and so I just uh, I think it, it does uh, address all those goals, just like you said. Before. Thank you. 
of these bodies that uh, come into close proximity to the earth. Uh, but there is, uh, it is true that there is a um, space mining community that's small but, but developing. Uh, that has not been part of our discussions in terms of selecting an asteroid or anything like that. That was a bigger feature in the tech study. Um, obviously, we're looking for interest um, for uh, all sorts of interest uh, in the, this asteroid mission in terms of the kinds of scientific and industrial uses uh, that could be spawned from it. And so, you know, I think we we are probably going to take that into account. But at this point, I can tell you it's the, the mining aspect of it has been has not been first and foremost in our thoughts uh, in developing the, the overall initiative and the asteroid mission itself. Structure 
here at NASA, we have had uh, education funding throughout the uh, our account, um, and particularly the science account. And so this not only represents a uh, consolidation and reorganization across the agencies, but also within NASA itself, where we are consolidating much of, not all, because as I said before, there's very mission-specific activity in parts of the space um, technology fellowship. But, but by and large, we're consolidating a lot of that activity into the education director. And so it's difficult, I think, to, to compare apples to oranges, uh, in part because uh, there are a couple of uh, programs beneath the line, Space Grant, Explore, Europe, uh, which have gotten funded at different levels. And um, so you see, in part, some uh, long-standing view on the part of the administration about the funding funding levels for space grant and F4, and sometimes they get fucked up when, uh, as they go through the congressional um, appropriations process, and so you see some adjustments that way that account for some of the downward um, adjustments, and then also because of the uh, consolidation, we really think that we're going to have access to, in fact, a larger amount of money in terms of our collaboration with education. NSF and Smithsonian, and so we'll be able to leverage all of those resources. I wouldn't quite say multiply our effects, uh, but I would say leveraging uh, and alignment and streamlining of uh, these many programs, many of which were utilizing the same types of infrastructure and things like that. So I think it's, it's very exciting for NASA uh, to be able to join this broader community and bring our assets to bear, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting started on it.